Welcome back to the LED Project Podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I'm thrilled this afternoon to welcome Julie Salcedo to the podcast. Julie, how are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, you know, it's a it's a broken record of, you know, just like, I'm so amazed by the Instagram teacher community that, you know, I've reached out to like so many people and so many people are just like, yes, I would love to. And, and you're another one of those people. So we're, we're super appreciative to have you. Yeah, of course. I'm very excited. The teacher Instagram, it's funny because I haven't, I didn't know it existed until like I started actually teaching and I was like, oh my gosh, there's like this whole other world on Instagram that's just for like teachers and like all these ideas. So it's really cool to be a part of that community. And then for you guys to ask me to be free to ask me on this podcast, it's, it's really exciting. So thanks. Yeah, awesome. All right. So, you know, what we want to do is really just be a place where, you know, teachers can tell their stories and, you know, we hope that it'll inspire other teachers, but also really, you know, just shine a light on all the great things that teachers are doing. So to get a little background on you, could you just explain kind of um, your story of how you became a teacher and why you became a teacher? Yeah, um, I've always like loved kids. And I've always just had like this self determination, like motivation. And I grew up wanting to make an impact one way or another. And I knew that it needed to involve kids. So at first, I didn't know if I was for sure going to be a teacher. I just knew I wanted to work with kids in some way. And I was really inspired by a lot of uh, amazing teachers that I've had in my life. And over time, they just helped me realize that I want to make an impact on the lives of kids through teaching. And so, you know, after that, I headed to ASU and really fell in love with the teaching program there. And I felt very at place and was determined to pursue that career. So um, I guess I feel really lucky to have found my calling so early on in life because not everyone, you know, gets the opportunity to do that. So I just kind of gradually fell um, into like teaching, knowing that I wanted to work with kids and then making an impact. So just kind of like fit together perfectly so and and what grade are you teaching now I am now teaching fourth grade and I taught fifth grade last year so I'm in my second year and I absolutely love this age group <sighs> I don't I don't know how like I talked to so many elementary teachers my my first year out of college which I'm going to date myself was now 10 years ago <laughs> which is terrible okay. it sounds so bad um but I I substitute taught for a year before I got a job and I had okay. I I I I got a three-day subbing spot in a second grade, second grade classroom, and mm -hmm. after the first day, I went to the principal. I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. Oh, my God. And he was like, okay, I appreciate that, you know. So they just, oh, my God, the second graders ate me up, and I don't think I ever, like, when I was subbing that year, went below, like, sixth grade after that. So I don't know, uh, I don't know how you guys do it. That makes a lot of sense. It's funny because people are like, oh, you, would you ever teach like first or second? And I'm like, no, like I even that age is too young for me. And so I would never teach below four or, four or fifth because um, I just feel like this age group is super perfect for me. But even like third grade is too young. So I don't know. I feel like I'm in a good spot, but I totally understand how you feel about being in that second grade classroom. Um, it's a totally different world in, in primary. So. Yeah. Yeah. I went from, I started my career in Texas. Uh, I taught seventh and then I taught eighth and then I taught sixth mm -hmm. before I left. And then now back in Wisconsin, I've got um, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So that was quite, quite the transition to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to those, but I, but I love both age groups. So you're talking a little bit about how, you know, you had some teachers that had 
inspired you. Was there one teacher that really stood out to you as your favorite? And, you know, why was that person especially uh, your favorite teacher? Um, that's kind of an easy question. It's actually my fourth grade teacher. Um, her name is Mr. Roche and she stands out to me so much because I remember like I wanted to be just like her and she always made school feel like a place that I really like I wanted to be at and I really enjoyed being in school and the way that she interacted with like my entire class she just made us all feel like a family and it kind of made me want to like give other kids that same feeling and so having Mr. Roche in my life, you know, she's given me so much confidence and made me really love learning. And so she's absolutely the teacher that kind of made me really start thinking about becoming a teacher. And so she's, she's my favorite. I love her. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So what I want you to do for this next little part is, um, just finish the phrases. So the value of a great teacher is measured by the relationships you build with your students or influ- influencing the future of our world. And that's like a big deal in our responsibilities. So definitely measured by relationships. Nice. Okay. The hardest part of teaching is? Definitely finding time to get everything done. There's so much behind like the scenes work. It's not just always being in front of kids. There's a lot of like writing and meetings and data and all this stuff. So definitely finding time to get everything done is, is very difficult. Yeah. And, and I don't, you know, being that you're in your second year, I don't, I can think back to, to my second year and how I just, you know, ran myself into the ground and, and hopefully, and I'm sure you'll learn this uh, as you go that, you know, certain things will get done and, and hopefully, you know, as I went on, I just realized that there were certain things that didn't necessarily need to get done. And, and for me too, um, I, I had a problem of taking too much on. I, I voluntarily mm-hmm. took on too many things that weren't necessarily yeah. things that I should have been doing. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to make those choices, but we have to. We have to. All right. So the one thing I wish parents knew about teaching is? Um. That we're, we're on their, we're on their team. We equally want their child to be successful and the teacher parent relationship should be this positive partnership. Um, Their attitude towards school and teachers really matters. And so I wish parents would, would really realize that, you know, most parents do, but I feel like it just needs to be reminded. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think back to, and it often makes me appreciate how lucky I was that I had, you know, I, I didn't have, I still have super supportive parents, but especially, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up, my mom ran all the computers at my school. So she was, she was always there. So I kind of, I always had that support of someone I knew was there. And, and it also gave me that just, just that little bit enough of a fear that I knew that if I, (laughs) if I stepped too far over the line that my, um, she would find out very quickly. So yes, that's awesome though. She was so involved with school. Yeah, See, that's that's yeah. a really great thing. Yeah. Have. And it's, and it's cool. She's, she's been retired two years now, but she's still getting invited to graduations and stuff oh like that. God. So that is awesome. Yeah, so she's, she, yeah, she's, she's quite lovable and I hope she, I hope <laughs> she listens to this one. She listens to a bunch of them, but I'm going to really force her to listen to this one. So, so she can oh, you hear me to. say that. Awesome. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Something I'm struggling with in my career is? 
Um, it's funny you say that, you know, finding the time to get certain things done and then realizing that some things don't necessarily need to get done right away. So the I've struggled with, I guess, not being able to find a balance between like teacher life and personal life because teaching like is personal when you really think about it. Like teachers think about their students constantly and it's been kind of hard for me to make um, you know, the switch and do something for myself when there's so much that I want to accomplish with teaching. And it's, it's caused me stress at times, but I'm like working towards making the time to take care of like myself and like my mental health. And as well as like realizing what I can get done and what can, you know, can still wait to be done. Um, and still being a second year teacher, I'm, we're always learning, but especially in your first two years, it is very difficult adjusting to like, you know, being a teacher and having to do all these things. So that's kind of what's been a struggle for me so far. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of teachers who can relate to that too. Yeah. So. I, I think most teachers relate to that. And, and for me, um, this was later on, this was probably my third or fourth or maybe my fifth year. I realized that if I didn't start taking care of my personal life, like how easily it could creep into, into my teaching life and how. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. How the negative people and the negative things that were going on around me really like warm their way into the, my attitude towards the kids. And that was of all the things that I really look back on, you know, the eight years I taught, like that's probably the one thing I regret the most is that I didn't on, not that I didn't take care of myself. Cause I, I, yeah. but that I didn't realize how pervasive like it can get if you don't take care of yourself. So, all right, last yeah. one, the most rewarding okay. part of teaching is making a positive impact on the lives of others. And that sounds so like cliche, but it, it really is why I feel like so many teachers go into teaching. It's because they want to make that positive impact on, you know, on, on kids who are so easily influenced. We can't always physically see it, but like we know for a fact that it's there and that has brought like a lot of fulfillment in my life. So just making that positive impact is definitely the most rewarding part of being a teacher. Right. All right. So, you know, my next question, I, I really want to preface it because I'm, I'm really interested in your opinion on this because, you know, by watching your, you know, following your Instagram and seeing those things in mm -hmm. Arizona, you've, you've been a part of, I, I don't know if we're supposed to call them walkouts or protests or stuff like that. So being yeah. that you're in one of those states, what do you feel like the state of education is right now? Um, well, the Red for Ed movement was something I look at as a very positive thing and I guess my whole my state my what my take is on education right now is that it is so highly underfunded we are pouring more money into prisons than we are into schools and it's just it's not okay and we need to do better and be better because kids deserve and they always will deserve better and I'm I'm not satisfied and that's why um, I'm so proud of Arizona for you know, creating this Red for Ed movement and making a pause, working towards positive changes because where education is at right now is not, is not okay to me. Like I'm not, I'm not happy. And there's many teachers who are wanting better because schools and kids deserve better. So. Right. Um, did you, so you grew up in Arizona too, right? Yes. Yeah, so I've lived here my whole life and I've been in the public school system my whole life and um, seeing you know, my current students now use the same textbook that I used in fourth grade. 
is kind of mind blowing because so much has changed, but yet we're still using, you know, textbooks that are outdated and we don't have enough supplies or materials or funding. And it, it's, it's kind of uh, disheartening a little bit. Did you, did you understand it when you were going through school like that, that what the situation was or, or was it not until you kind of started teaching that you kind of understood how um, bad the situation was in Arizona? It's, it's crazy to me because like when I think about it, it's like when I was younger, I never realized that it never crossed my mind. Um, I think as kids, we don't really think about that too much. Being a teacher has definitely opened my eyes and, um, you know, no one in my family is a teacher and they ask me my opinion on all of this. And once I'm telling them, because I'm a teacher, they really see, you know, my side and the side of, of kids in schools. So it wasn't until I was a teacher, I was able to kind of fully see the situation for what it is. Right. And I, and I think so too. And, and I, I can look back at, you know, I grew up very small town, Wisconsin, like, you know, 2,200 people total. So it was a very Mm -hmm. tight knit place where, where I would say the majority of parents really valued education. And, and there was most of the people I went to school with came from like tight knit, close families. Um, but it's, it's just so strange to me, you know, to be on the other side, especially, you know, when I went from small town, Wisconsin to Houston to an urban school mm-hmm. and it was just like a world that I didn't know existed. And now, you know, being yeah. nine years in the profession and, and seeing what, you know, the people in Arizona or West Virginia or Kentucky or um, Oklahoma, and I, I think I'm forgetting another state, but um I'm so inspired by it though, too, that, that teachers Mm -hmm. are, are using, you know, we, we talked a little bit at the start about the Instagram community, but I'm really proud of the way teachers are using the, you know, the social platform to really Mm -hmm. advocate for themselves. Cause you know, like you said, if we don't, if we don't advocate for ourselves as teachers, it's going to be really hard for us to advocate for our kids. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I was, I was following you and again, I keep referencing Instagram, but I saw you gave your kids a bracelet that said once a champion, always a champion. Could you just kind of talk about why you did that and what that phrase means to you? Yeah. So it means that as soon as they stepped into my class and became a part of my team, they officially became champions who overcame problems, exceeded the expectations that I set for them and worked really, really hard all year to be the best person that they could be. And I want them to have that mindset that no matter the obstacles they'll face in life, once they leave my classroom, you know, tomorrow, because it's our last day of school tomorrow, I want them to walk away knowing that there is and always will be a champion inside of them who can tackle those problems and achieve amazing things. And that bracelet, although it's just, you know, a rubber bracelet, you know, it, it means something to them and it's a reminder that even though they aren't you know in this class anymore that leaving this class they are still a champion and that I am there for them and it's just kind of like a reminder of the year we had and the year that they kind of um, grew into this this mindset of being a champion so it's it's I'm very excited to have given them those bracelets and have it really mean something to them yeah and and I just you know, it's so funny. Uh, my my partner in the podcast and in the nonprofit called me this morning and said, "Hey, do you remember? Do you remember a kid? Is this kid's name was Willie? 
I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember Willie. He's like, he, he, he came to school today and was looking for you. Oh. And I was like, and he's a, I, we had him as six, a sixth grader and he's a freshman now. And he, oh, wow. he, okay. he told my partner that he still tells every teacher he meets that he, my partner and I were his favorite teachers. Oh my gosh. See, years later, like you guys left that lasting impact and yeah. that's kind of what I strive yeah. for. So and that's so cool. Yeah, and that's and that's really what uh, you know. The, the reference I want to make is is that you can have that impact. And another earlier in the school year, we got an email from another girl that was in his class saying the same thing. So it's just and and for me to get that today meant the world because because that group of students was really kind of the low point of my teaching career. Like I said, when I was really really down on myself, but yeah. to know and and Willie said. Uh, to to my partner Wilkie, he goes. Even though Mr. Krieger tried to act tough sometimes, we knew he really <laughs> loved us. And I was like, "Good, awesome. See, that's what it's all about." Awesome, Good. awesome. So, so with the bracelet, and you know, you referenced the the idea of of your students being teammates. How how do you kind of create that culture, and and why do you feel like that's an important culture to have? Um, I feel like words are very powerful and I'm constantly referring to my students as champions and teammates. And like by referring to them as teammates, I'm constantly putting them in the mindset of being on a team. Um, I do have like a sports themed classroom and letters that say home of the champions. I just also believe that environment is important in helping to create the culture in your classroom. Um, like in addition to that, I build a team culture by teaching strategies for problem solving real life problems so they know how to get along and work together and be able to, you know, resolve conflicts on their own. I just feel like the key to, to getting your class to really be a team and strong family is to be consistent and letting students know like the qualities that I expect them to have when speaking to each other, interacting with each other. You know, things like kindness, compassion, supporting each other and just motivation um, plays a big part in getting them to act as a team. And my class knows that we are we're there for each other and that we're in this together. And a huge part of that is being able to celebrate each other, um, our successes. And it's an amazing thing to see students cheering each other on and being like genuinely happy for each other. So I feel like those are a few of the aspects that kind of all play a big role together in making my um, my teammates feel like a real team for the whole year. And so I feel like it's just really important to have those things kind of have right. it be in their mindset. And and what are some of those like, you know, problem solving activities, real world problems that, that you let them work on? Because I think that's such an important part of, of no matter whether you're a fourth grade teacher or you teach seniors is you know, giving them real world problems and, and kind of letting them, the, letting them solve them. So what are some of those activities that you've done? Um, there's a few. I'm really big on, well, first, the books you read to them should have characters that show, you know, those qualities that you want them to have so they connect with those characters. Also, um, we are really big on, I, I'll give them scenarios that, you know, I've had students, um, situations that I've where students have had conflicts I'll give them scenarios and we really take the time every Monday when we have our team meeting to talk about those scenarios and what we should do and what we shouldn't do 
So giving them real life examples that have actually happened and really talking about the wrong thing to do and the right thing to do during our team meetings has been very effective because if that same situation were to occur in my classroom, my champions would know how to handle it like, like good teammates. And so just in doing that throughout the year too, it's not just the beginning of the year thing. It's, it's, it's an everyday thing for I'm, you know, we're talking about ways to act and doing team building activities and learning, you know, how to speak to each other with kindness that really sets them up to, to living up to the whole champion standard. Right. And, and I know from my experience that, and, you know, even still I struggle with it. Sometimes it's so hard to, even as a teacher to celebrate the good that's going on when, you know, it's, you, you want to, you don't intentionally want to point out the negative, but sometimes we just kind of mm-hmm. gravitate that way. So how do you really put yourself, yourself in that mindset of really looking for the positive and creating that positive culture and really celebrating, celebrating the, the victories while still, you know, holding the kids accountable for the, some of the negative behaviors that they have? Um, that's kind of, it's, when I think about it, it's, 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 it's all about consistency. And so when I'm putting all of my energy into teaching, I'm getting a lot of good energy back because I'm in the mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm teaching and I need to, to promote this positive attitude. And they kind of mirror that attitude. And so people like to ask me, you know, what my, my classroom management is or what my discipline is. And I feel like because I'm doing so many positive things with them and teaching them, you know, how to communicate with each other that there's not a lot of disciplinary action that needs to be taken in my class. And I'm not going to lie and say that my class is perfect because they're far from perfect. But um, I guess part of celebrating each other and being and keeping that positive attitude is just me teaching them explicitly like what they need to do to be positive and how to celebrate each other. And so I feel like there's now I feel like I'm rambling. I'm sorry. (laughs) There's just so much that goes into like creating that environment of being positive that if you focus on the positive consistently, then it kind of like, um, weeds out the, the negative attitudes. And I hope that makes sense. No, it, it, it 100% (laughs) does. Um, but you know, the, the follow up kind of question that I have for you though is, so when you have those kind of down days where, and you know, as teachers, we always have them, you know, where you're, you're just not feeling it for whatever reason. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, both try to bring your energy up, but also, you know, do you involve your kids and say, Hey, you know, I'm trying the best I can. I'm, I'm just not feeling it today. So, so how do you try your best, you know, in those situations when it's a day when you're just not feeling it? Um, I feel like I have to put on like kind of like a front, you know, I do let my students know when I'm having like an off day and they're, they're so kind to like, Miss Alcido, you know, are you okay? And we kind of talk about how we do have good days and bad days, but that there's always something in every day to be happy about. And because I always try to find that, that happy thing that day, I feel like, you know, they kind of understand and see that. And I try to just, you know, be positive for them. And I don't know, I feel like, 
it's just like there's we all have bad days and stuff so letting my students know that it's okay to have a bad day and not you know feel great every single day is is normal but that they need to really work to find the good in that day because it's really important and that's what's going to kind of keep them going and so by teaching them that I feel like they kind of reflect that um those feelings too right and you know to create that 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 positive culture and that team atmosphere what is the importance of you know bringing laughter and and joy to the classroom um, it is extremely important. Um, there's actually a really plain and simple answer to that. It's it's what what kids learn with joy, they will remember. So when you're provoking positive aspects like joy and laughter, that's going to create an environment students want to be in. And I remember I listened to your podcast with Joe Dombrowski. He's seriously one of my favorite people ever. He's really big on you know making school a place students want to be and not feel like they have to be. And so who wouldn't want to be in an environment with joy and laughter? They're going to learn and they're going to enjoy learning. And it's a goal that all teachers should strive for is to have that, you know, laughter and joy because you want kids to want to be in your classroom. Absolutely. So, um, and this is kind of an off the top of my head question, but I was thinking about through our conversation. So where do you go um, you know, whether it's, you know, to find inspiration for your classroom um, ideas or your classroom activities or, um, you know, just to find inspiration for yourself to, to to take the approach that you do. Who are maybe some of the people you follow or what are some of the things that you look to do to find inspiration? Uh, my first year teaching, I was very lost. And then towards the middle, I kind of stumbled upon Ron Clark and the Ron Clark Academy online. And once I started like looking more into that, I became completely immersed into everything that the Ron Clark Academy was about. And I started reading Ron Clark's books. And I was like, it was like my eyes like opened for the first time. I was like, this is the way like teaching and school should be. So I am you know, a huge fan of the Ron Clark Academy. And I just try every day to strive for their expectations and their beliefs on teaching. So definitely Ron Clark is like my main um, inspiration, but there's a lot of wonderful teachers on Instagram like Joe Dombrowski and, you know, teachers who work at the Ron Clark Academy, like Hope and Wade King. They really truly inspire me and I'm lucky enough to have been able to go visit the Ron Clark Academy and learn from their teachers and implement those things in my classroom and you know going to conferences like get your teach on have completely changed you know my life and the lives of my kids because they're teaching me so many things that are are work that are working and that are so fun and I'm just thankful for those that inspiration because they're truly transforming my classroom and helping me to do that. Yeah, and and in talking with a few people, you know, whether it's Joe or some people um, from the Teach Your Heart Out conferences, I'm so excited because uh, Wilkie and I are going to the Teach Your Heart Out conference in Vegas at the end of. Wait, we're, and, I'm going too. Are you really? Yeah, that's yes. so cool. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to meet up in person then. But yes. the point I was going to make with you is when I started. I don't think there was ever conferences like Get Your Teach On or Teach Your Heart Out where it was so teacher-driven. I felt like I was always being talked to by somebody who was kind of an authority figure is not the right term, but, you know, somebody who was really like a presenter rather yes, than, yes. Than, a, than, than 
talking and getting to hang out with peers and and even still like you know we're not presenting but I just want to be in that atmosphere and um, mm-hmm. Trevor Trevor Muir who's giving one of the keynotes in Vegas I had a conversation with him a couple nights ago and I'm just so excited to just be around you know the the kind of teachers that I you know would strive to be in you know the the great teachers that are out there so I feel like that's that's such an important piece that that I'm I'm so glad is now out there because like yes. I said I I I I didn't and I, and it's nothing against Texas it's nothing against Houston but I just don't think at mm-hmm. the time when I started that 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 conferences like this really existed yes because I feel like these conferences really teach teachers the way that like they should should teach in a way like they don't just talk at you. They really give you strategies and like model the strategies with you as if you were the students. And I feel like that's what's so beneficial about going to things like get your teach on. It's because you're very involved and you're surrounded by teachers who just want the best for their kids. And it's really good for teachers to be able to go to these things and learn from teachers who have that same goal. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous for the, you know, the, the Vegas, uh, the party happy hour, whatever it is, they say dress your best, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, god, what is that? that? What does that? What does that mean? Does that mean like dress in my most comfortable, or do I really like it? Gotta you know dress nice, like bring a suit. I'm so nervous. I, I was worried about that too, but I guess we're supposed to wear red, so I'm like, okay, we'll just all wear red, and I guess. Oh, is that know. what it means? <laughs> yeah, because it was like paint the town red or something. So we're going to have to wear red. I know. (sighs) Yeah. You got to check that out. But I know at the other conference, I didn't go to it, but they had like the pajama party before. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) That's my problem. I don't have anything red. (laughs) Me either. I'm going to have to find something though. Um, We have to, we can't not wear to that. (laughs) See, I thought paint the town red was just like the statement of like, go out and have fun. But I'm going to have to, Oh man. This. Now you got me. Now you got me worried. I know, but now I'm gonna have to double check because then I'll be the only one in red. But it's fine. Well, I mean, if you show up in red, that's fine. But if everybody else is in red and I'm in blue, that's gonna look weird. Yeah, that is gonna look a little weird. So you might want to check check uh, that out. I'll have to. I'll send. I'll send Michelle an email and ask her. I'll, I'll be. The, I'll be the dorky kid who didn't know what to wear to prom, but. <laughs> it's fine. So, all right. So, you know, just to kind of keep it going and kind of wrap it up so we can be respectful of your time. Cause you said your last day is tomorrow. Yes. And I, uh, it's very bittersweet, I but know. I'm excited. We've got, we've got four more next week, but. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I we... actually, I don't have any students. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so it's just like teacher in service. That's, that's the best. <laughs> well, well actually, um, I teach in an alternative program that's housed within our high school. And a part of our mm-hmm. caveat is we don't give finals. So Monday, Tuesday, while everybody else is taking finals, our kids don't have to be there. So oh, okay. I, I get a couple extra days. And then we have two teacher work days, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. So that's kind of nice. So we have time to kind of. Yeah. We got to do. Absolutely. So, um, and this, and these la- this last set of questions can be either life or teaching, it's up to you. So the best advice you've ever been given and who was the person that gave it to you? Um, this actually is not specified towards teaching. It's just for life in general. My mom actually gave me the best advice. She's my favorite person ever. Um, she told me that 
whatever I need to do with my life, it needs to be something that I love. And I feel like so many people, you know, they grow old and look back at their lives and they realize that they never found their passion or their purpose in life because they never took that chance or followed their dream of doing what makes them truly happy. You know, I'm doing what I love and I have such fulfillment in my life. And I feel really lucky because I'm, I'm at such a young age and I found my purpose and I'm doing what I truly love. So I'm glad I made the choice to, to just go for it and do what I know that I love. Awesome. So this is a broad question, but we like to ask it. Um, what okay. advice would you give to a struggling teacher? Well, I feel like teachers definitely struggle at one point or another, for sure. And I think it's so important that we ask for help. You know, we need to reach out to our admin and our colleagues. Asking for help is is a sign of strength. It's not a sign of weakness. And we can't be afraid to just be honest with our struggles and then actively work towards finding solutions and, and asking the people and who are, are there for you and, and not being af afraid to just tell them what, what you need help with. And then, you know, people are there to help you. And so not being afraid to ask for help is definitely what I would tell a teacher who is struggling um, because we're going to need help at some point and you have to just ask for help and find a solution. Okay. So the best thing you've read the last 12 months. I actually am on my second read of the wild card, which you've probably seen all over Instagram, but it is mm -hmm. seriously such an amazing book. It was written by Hope and Wade King and they both teach at the Ron Clark Academy. And what I like most about it is that it's not just, inspirational but it, it's it's such a great step-by-step -step guide to like expanding your creativity like people who think they aren't creative if they read this book they would walk away thinking like wow I I am creative and I can do these things and it's just a great how-to you know to find that creativity and really implement it in in a way that kids will love and where you can be the best teacher that you can be for them yeah. I mean, it, you're right. It is all over Instagram, but I mean, it's, it's so awesome to see that, um, you know, people are using it and people, um, I've, I've never met Hope and Wade King, but just from their Instagram and from what people say, they seem like super down to earth people and they're just doing whatever they can to help people. So they're amazing. They're also a few of my favorite people. They are so down to earth. They really just want to like inspire teachers and they you can just tell they absolutely love what they do and that that energy is is contagious when they're presenting and it just makes you very excited. So they they're amazing. Awesome. All right, so your proudest accomplishment to date. I think um my proudest accomplishment to date would be that I put relationships between my students and I above everything else. I'm I'm really proud to say that I have established a strong bond with each and every one of my students. And I don't let anything get in the way of that. With teaching, it's kind of hard or it's easy, I guess, to to fall into like, you know, the behind the scenes work and not realize what I need to be putting first. And so being a second year teacher, it's always been my mindset that the relationship and the bond with the student is always number one. So I'm pretty proud to, to have that mindset. That is a great mindset to have. I cannot cannot argue with that. So before <laughs> I ask you the last question, um, if people want to follow you, connect with you, um, you know, see what you're doing, what's the best places for them to do that? 
Uh, Instagram is definitely my number one go-to. Um, it's Teach with Sparkle. And on my Instagram, you're able to find my blog because a lot of things I post, I can't always put as much detail as I want to or like steps for how teachers can make that happen in their classroom. So going on that blog, teacherwithsparkle.blogspot.com, they'll be able to see how they can implement that into their classroom too. So those are the two ways to connect with me. Awesome. All right. Well, before I ask you the last question, I just want to say thanks again for uh, taking some time out of your evening to have a conversation with me. It's uh, been super fun, and I'm really excited to get to connect with you in person in Las Vegas. Of course. I'm so glad we had this conversation. I'm so excited to be able to go and meet you guys um, in Vegas. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a lot of fun, and I, I love these questions. They made me really th reflect on kind of you know the teacher that I am. So thank you. Yeah, and and when you when you meet Wilkie, you can uh, you can you be sure to tell him that because <laughs> these questions are his baby. Like he spent so much time on these. So okay, so, I definitely yeah. will. <laughs> All right. So last question: What do you want your legacy to be? I feel like being a teacher, I, it's definitely to influence students to be world changers. And teaching, I feel like, is, is the profession where you can do that. And I feel like I want my lasting legacy to just be that every student that has ever been in my class to feel confident that they can make a difference in the world. And so that's what I'm hoping my lasting legacy will be with all my students. Awesome. Julie, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. <laughs>